Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. I'm Boyd Norton. I'm joined by Oliver Shorts. Good evening, Boyd. Does your do your parents call you Oliver? They are. Yeah, they do. Yeah. They do. Everyone calls me. Well, my parents and my family all Oliver. Everyone else, Good. Ollie. So. Ollie, uh, Ollie's back. Um, third week in a row, second week in a row. Second week. Well, does last week? Yeah. Well, I was going to say I'm, I'm moving on to the full and frank apology about last week. Yeah, last week we conducted a fascinating, hilarious, and witty and probably the best one yet. Best podcast ever. <laughs> And it, uh, it didn't come out. Now, I'm not blaming anyone, but engineer Leon. Was it your fault, Leon? No, he's shaking his head. It's someone, it must be someone's fault. Leon, didn't you say to me before you tried to do it in a different format? No, I recorded it different, different equipment. Different equipment, different uh, equipment. Anyway, well, hopefully, we live in hope that this week's... I mean, if, you know, if I'm saying this now and it doesn't come out, then it's pointless, <laughs> isn't it? It's a kind of philosophical thing, isn't it? Like if a tree falls down... Whatever. No, anyway. Blame it all on me. No, I'm not blaming it on you. It's not your fault. We're joined by Alan Alga. Hi, Alan. Hi, Boyd. Who uh, is looking... You, you, you made it through the wind and the rain. I have, yeah. Across Battled London. Battled it down Battled from Camden. It down. Camden. Oh, well done. Thanks for coming. And Matt Mason, Hello. of Q Magazine. Uh, how's Q going? Yeah, very well, thank you. Yeah. Who's on the cover of the current issue of Q Magazine? Uh, the current issue is Mumford & Sons. Oh. Of course it's got to be. And their new electric... Um, yeah, the new electric direction. Form. Do you approve of that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it just seems an odd thing to do because they, they had something that was a little bit unique. Yeah, but it's bold, isn't it? Yeah, yeah bold. Brain, and the banjos did get a bit boring, though. Yeah, and they did. Yeah, I mean, yeah, steady. Yeah, I think what they've done is they've made a Coldplay record and released it before Coldplay could. So, oh, it seems there you go. That's the official cue line. There. Not a happy Chris Martin then. <laughs> um, that, thank you. Very much. That's our little opening showbiz section. Uh, quite short this week, a minute and 52 seconds. Uh, Ollie has drawn up an extraordinarily good menu. Um, so we're going to talk about the... I mean, last week we were quite optimistic. Well, were we? I can't remember now. Well, you but, predicted 
Do we do talk about your prediction? Yeah, what did again? I predict? You predicted a two-one Arsenal win. Did I? So I got that wrong. Okay, that's the first prediction I've got wrong for a long time. Obviously, that didn't happen. And what happened was Arsenal were terrible, and we lost one 0 to Swansea. So we can have a full and frank analysis of that, and whether that's kind of like indicative of something bigger than the fact we just lost a game, which some people are saying. Uh, Wenger versus Monk. Oh yeah, the kind of post-match Wenger kind of refusal to accept that uh, kind of refusal to accept that Swansea deserved it really I suppose I mean which is, we can talk about that what we think about and, and um, what Monk said as well Ramsey on the right oh yeah so today or re- is it today or certainly recently Ramsey's been openly um, admitting he doesn't like enjoying playing this current position on the right hand side so we'll talk about that and why Vega isn't playing actual People who like playing on the wide. Yep. Wide. Walker update. That's just obviously a Walker update. Uh, where we can improve. This was last week. Oh, yeah. Is this held over from last week? This okay. is taken over because, I mean, I still think it's very valid. Absolutely. A week later, especially after it got corrupted. Yeah. Oh, the rumour mill. It's good to have a rumour mill section, including a bid for a good player who we always, we're always linked with. Oh, we like that. Uh, maybe we can throw in the other player we talked about before. We're always linked to it as well. Uh, and, of course, the very important fact, we've got two matches to predict because um, we've got Manu away on Sunday and um, uh, Sunderland on Wednesday. There we go. So, let's start with that Swansea appalling scenario. Matt, were you there? I was, yeah. Staunch, staunch as ever. Yeah. What was your feeling about the whole sad... <laughs> Thing. It just had that, you know, it kind of felt like our, it, it was our first spring evening game. It was a warm night and, you know, it just felt like they kind of went out half-cocked, really. You know, I think they, there was a real element of complacency, um, certainly in the first half. And I hadn't thought this for a long time, but I used to think we're a team that really needs to be provoked. And I started to think we need to go a goal down yeah. to actually come out of our shelves. Um, and then, you know, came out much better in the second half, and it was just down to poor finishing after that. Do you think, Ollie, that, I mean, like people like me, who, you know, are questioned sometimes Wenger rather than the full, you know, Wenger, Wenger hatred people, like this for me was like indicative of, even though I didn't start tweeting about it obnoxiously like a lot of people do, oh, you know, this is, this is exactly what goes wrong with Arsenal. But is there a certain point to the fact that, We've had this brilliant run of games, and then we had one. We're getting closer and closer, so we could actually finish second in the league, and we lose this home banker of a game. Doesn't that say something that Wenger can't get the team? If what Matt says is right, you know, we can't kind of get them roused up for an important. It's still, we're still important. Finishing second. I mean, it's a very, very important game, and you know, and we, we still should finish third. And I see second or third. It doesn't really bother me where we come. But you know, isn't it? Finishing second would be brilliant, though, wouldn't it? I mean, for me, Gary it's all Neville a- made this point on front, on Monday Night Football. I, I mean, for me, point. it's all about not playing that Champions League qualifier, and okay. whether we come second or third, we're not going to play in that qualifier. And I think it's very important that we don't. But we've we've made a bit of a mess of it, and obviously, if Man United beat us on um, on Sunday, we will be behind them um, when we play play Sunday. But I mean, I don't think it was necessarily you know Wenger trying to get the players up for it or anything like that. I think it's Swansea played some very good football and had some great tactics. And actually, if you look at you know Swansea away to Arsenal over the last sort of three seasons, they've only lost to us once, and I think that was um, their first season back in the. Uh, in the Premier League. And it was a really fortunate, there was a very fortunate Giroud goal. goal. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, since then it would be us 2-0. We've been Michu scoring in the last sort of five minutes. And last season they scored in the last minute to equalise 2-2. I mean, so there's obviously something that Swansea have, you know, against Arsenal, um, where they just seem to get their tactics spot on. And, they, you know, they play 
not necessarily out of their skins because I don't think they did. I just think they just did what they needed to do. And I mean, every single shot against Fabianski just seemed to be straight at him. Mm. And, you know, that was frustrating. And you can't really begrudge Swansea the win. I mean, if you can't, you know, just... It all needed to just be a little bit to yeah. the left or to the right of Fabianski, and we would have gone, you know, one or two up. But if you're hitting the ball straight out, mm. what, what can you expect? It's frustrating, but I think we move on quite quickly. Alan, do we move on quite quickly, or is it quite quickly even, or is it indicative of something bigger? Um, just expanding on Ollie's point, you know, Swansea are a very good team. They're a very good yeah. team. They're in the top nine in the yeah. table. And a stat that I'd like to say is that we've. Our record against the top nine in the table uh, shows us as only having four wins home and away. So we've played, we've got one game remaining, that's on Sunday. So we'll have played 16 games by the end of Sunday. We can go to five wins, that would put us level oh, with Southampton. That's a great, so, great start. So, He's pulled it out of the bag. So, so there's a slight. The dis- problem is here is that there's been an absolute myth going on in the last yeah. few months that we've somehow improved. We haven't at all. We've got the worst record in that 19 mini league and. We continue to do so, barring the highlight of a, a, a win at Manchester City against the City side that were having probably the worst month of their season. So we've all kidded ourselves that we're in fantastic form, but we've just been doing what we've been doing. I walked along to this game thinking, how great were those nights at Highbury in the spring where you mm. needed a win to maybe go top or yeah. to keep hold yeah. of the title? That kind of weather in the air and your anticipation of a game and... I got in my seat for this one. I wasn't up for it. The players weren't up for it. And the, the fact that I wasn't up for it is down to me. The fact that the players weren't up for it was down to one person. And that's, that's the way I saw it. But there was a good team. Awesome Wenger. Awesome Wenger. And the, <laughs> look, look, say, yeah. they're, they're a very good team. That, you know, they've done the double over us this season. They've done the double over Man U. We can, we can crow on about St. Tottenham's Day however long we want. And it's, it's a load of fun. But if you think about it, we, the, the, the moist team that everyone made fun of last year, we took one point against. And the Tottenham team that everyone's making fun of at the moment, we've taken one point against. So um, I, think, I think that, you know, the fixtures have masked an end to a season where we can only finish level with last season. So it, it certainly won't be progress. It might be progress in terms of placing. And I agree with Oli that you'd rather be in the two and three spot just because it might make Wenger pull his finger out and the club pull their finger out before we confirm that we're actually in the Champions League groups. And I think that's important for the transfer window. Mm. God, Matt, yeah, God, it's terrifying, isn't it? I, 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 did, I have believed the myth. I mean, you know, even though I have my issues, a lot of issues, I did believe the myth that we at least... The media improved. believed it, everyone's we, we, believed it. We believe them, we've improved against the top four teams, I guess, purely by dint of the fact that we've... Yeah, but that know. one win is better than no wins, isn't it? And that was against, as I say, a Man City team that were in yeah. possibly the worst form they've been in in the last three years. Yeah. Um, look, you've got to enjoy those wins. I mean, you could, We've you, done could better against... bogged, you could get bogged down and sort of yeah. say that you're not going to enjoy anything. We haven't lost. Absolutely Put it this way, we haven't lost four, five or six nil or whatever to anything. No, it's certainly improving in that respect, violence. but we shouldn't have been doing that in the first place. Sure. Matt, how do you feel about this bombshell of a stat? Uh, I, I, I didn't know that stat, and it's really surprising, but actually... You know, when you listen to Alan go on and, and talk about our performances, and mm. yes, yeah, we didn't really feel it at the time, but City were at the start of a slump then. Um, and you know, I don't think we're going to get nine points from um, the next three games, so we will actually finish with a worse total than we had last year. For me, the difference is there have been performances. Yeah, that looked a lot better than anything this time last year. I think that's what you know. You can look at it on points. You can look at it on a, a run of wins. But we just look like a better team, I think. 
Yeah. I think that's, I'd honestly disagree with that as well. I mean, Palace away, we were hanging on right at the end. I think, I think Hull, Hull away was a good first half, a fantastic first half, the kind of first half we were used to seeing years and years ago. But I can't really pick many more out of that. And, and obviously in between was a, that abysmal game at Tottenham and the, the Monaco game that everyone seems to have forgotten. Uh, oh, and when I'm you're picking, out, picking out the league games, it's fine, but I, most of them have been narrow wins against poor opposition. We played a West Ham team on the beach and beat them. We played a whole team. I think the only one you take from that is the whole game, just because they were actually fighting for their lives at the time. Yeah. And, you know, it was fair opposition, as in they were definitely trying, they were, they were doing their best. And, it's a subtle and difference, but it's an important one, though, because we would have lost those whole and those Palace games, I think, last season, this time last year. Yeah. But then again, comparing, you know, the, the, the points total that we, we're going to get here, we've got... Um, so it confirms 11 seasons since we won the title and it'll only be fourth best in amongst those 11 if, yeah, even then, if we win all three of our next games but the points total we won the title with in 98 wasn't anything to shout about 78 points is something crazy but, if, but the thing is doesn't that show you that if someone was getting just a tiny bit more out of our resource that we'd be up there because it takes about 87 points to win the title and we're always going to be eight off and how many times I mean how many times as an Arsenal fan over the last 11 seasons have you looked back and looked through the table and started to pick out the little games that would have added up to where the champions got? I mean, I do it all the time and you look through and you could easily do it this season. We've lost so many points from winning positions. I yeah, mean, Swan- Swansea away was season. when we won nil up. And-, and, 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 and again, I've got to blame one person for the fact that we haven't got those extra eight or nine points but I think because I- he's not driving the team and getting exactly the most out of the resources to get there. And... You know, you can only blame one person for that. But I think, you know, if you say, all right, what happened if we got these eight extra nine points? You have to give other teams, you know, they'll be saying, well, yeah, well, we might have got an extra eight or nine points here. And I think, honestly, Chelsea would have done, they've just done what it's taken to get over the line. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't doubt think... that. I don't doubt that. But do you believe over the last few seasons we've finished with the absolute maximum we can from the resources that we can? And that's not, it's not, that's the defining thing in this Wenger in, Wenger out debate. Um, you can, I mean, like, the, the Wenger out guys at the start of the season, that abysmal behaviour in Stoke, I mean, that's, that's utterly pointless and totally disrespectful to the man. But if you're asking yourself where you sit in, on that line, then without all the abuse and the, the slagging matches between the two groups, do you think that man is getting the most from the resource at his disposal? And I would say no, and I think any sensible person would when you look at the stats. I mean, I think football's always about, you know, ifs and buts, and as you were saying, where can we get this extra, like, eight, nine points from? You know, you, I know the, the Swansea game's a perfect example of when, you know, when we were winning 1-0, very comfortable, but then the other hand, you have to say, you know, can, is it Arsenal's fault that we took the lead 1-0 with 20 minutes to go and Swansea came back? I'd, I'd, I'd say that's a full blame towards the players so switching off um, but, and but, credit to Swansea for, play, for players, fighting back. But players under certain managers don't switch off. You know, he, he, one of his, his favourite lines is mental strength, but I think he protests too much with that line because, if anything, our, our guys haven't got it. So I think I we think laugh at that now. I think he says yeah, it I mean, more tongue-in-cheek. Like, it's been, what, two, you know, how many it's years? Not funny. Of... It's not funny to me. When yeah, I know it's it not it's funny to anyone. But yeah. I mean, yeah, I think you've got a point. I think my, I mean, going back to the game on Monday, I think for me, it, 
you see, for me, it did crystallise my issues with anger, actually. Mm. Like, not only, I, I kind of think, you know, the whole attitude of the team, for me, was that reflected an over-relaxed yeah. thing. The interview with him afterwards, I mean, I, you know, everything, for me, everything about the performance, everything about his criticism of Swansea, which was totally wrong. And there was a big argument on social media about that. Now, my only issue, I don't mind him kind of, there's people saying, oh, you know, Wenger always had a go at the opposition manager. Uh, sorry, um, sorry, Ferguson always had a go at the opposition manager and someone would never, you know, would always kind of have a go at them if they... If they but actually, I, I remember... Remember, no, I remember lots that. of examples of, um, of Ferguson kind of actually admitting that the other team had done a really good job on them, if they yeah. had done a really good job on them. And Amy, I saw someone, Amy Lawrence wrote a good thing um, on Monday night about it, covering the game, saying, you know, she thought it was a bit much for Wenger to take that, take that attitude and people having a go at her, saying, oh, come on, you know, when do managers ever, you know, credit the opposition? But some of them do, actually. He, no, I think it, they do. It's partic- it kind of, for me, what that, it summed up that his team can't deal with those tactics. Yeah. That team that he set out on Monday couldn't deal with it. Um, now, it's partly the finishing, you're right, Ollie. They were constantly shooting at, at Fabianski, giving, basically giving him the ball. But equally, he didn't do anything to change that. I mean, apart from the second half, they looked better. But he still could have brought, I'll go back to endlessly, Theo on earlier, get, lacking in pace. You know, could have, he just didn't do anything, for me, to counter the tactics, the perfectly good tactics that ended up with Swansea winning the game. Yeah. And I think it kind of, So going back to my point, that kind of crystallises a lot of issues I have with Wenger in this kind of situation. I do think it, it's kind of symbolic to me, that game, of the fact that, I kind of, that certain managers just would have won that game, out mm. and out, and, 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 certain, and a lot of other games they would have won. And in the end, you know, I mean, I said Marino, I think Marino's now obviously a better manager than Wenger now, currently, and people had a go at me for that, but... Well, well, who who could have a go won at that? that game. From day one of Mourinho's managerial career, winning the, win, well, you know, second season, winning the European Cup with um, Champions League with Porto, who could ever, ever argue oh, that Wenger's do. a, a better do. manager? People, Wenger, well, they, they, well, then these people, they hate I mean, Mourinho and everything he stands yeah, for, but I think. I, I, you know, it's I, almost like I a kind of... I wonder these days on, you know, go to Twitter and things like that. I mean, I'd, someone actually sent Aaron Ramsey a message after the game saying he had his best performance in an Arsenal shirt. Did they? Well, yeah, because he was from Africa somewhere. To, uh, to, you know, no disrespect to our Nigerian friends on, on Arsenal News. <laughs> but, but come on, look. We're living in a world where people are throwing in opinions without knowing now. And he just wants I mean, to read the kind of people, The kind of people that are arguing with you, yeah. uh, there should be some kind of credentials <laughs> presented oh, well, as to what you I mean, could, I don't I even mean, claim to have any credentials myself. Moronic. We're all, <laughs> we're all <laughs> amateurs. But I don't, I don't you have well, Twitter should be like driving. You should have a license to do <laughs> yeah. it. You should prove <laughs> I yourself. totally believe you there, yeah, Matt. You should have lessons, yeah. prove yourself in an examination situation, then you're allowed to do it. Kevin Peterson would not pass his Twitter exam. But, I mean, the Mourinho versus you know Wenger and I think you look at Mourinho's record at home and he's lost to Sunderland and that is it the amount of frustrating losses at home that we have West Ham was the first game um, our new stadium and also the last game at Highbury these are you know results at home that it you just can't justify. Mm. Matt, but Matt, you're a sensible chap. Do you think we've been unfair to Wenger? I mean, not you know. No, I, I, I completely agree. I, I don't think me and Alan are naturally as opposed as that. But probably that last exchange sounded because I, although I think we're playing better this season, I do think we've underperformed according to resources the mm. last two seasons. Mm. Um, and something that someone told me they'd read that Guardiola book. 
that I found really interesting is that you know people people tend to polarise Wenger and Mourinho as two different types of football. Yeah, those people would agree that Guardiola plays great football, the kind of football we should be playing. He relentlessly drills Bayern Munich in a long ball game in case any yeah. team brings out a high press right. and tries yeah, yeah, to smother their yeah. game. They're all drilled to play a long ball. You can't imagine our players being drilled just because it's against Wenger's philosophy and ethos. No, and it's absolutely. just not practical. And also, I think, the other thing that I thought about Monday's game and Wenger was that, um, was that he, he just kind of... I just feel it like... There's a lot of things about it that he just didn't address. There's a lot of things about the way the team plays that he didn't admit to, doesn't admit to. And, um, you know, again, not... Even forgetting comparing him, to other, comparing him to other managers, the Giroud factor, for example, was one. Well, you know, Giroud's, Giroud's form has been is now become pretty poor. We can definitely say, and it wasn't so much that he missed some chances, but it was just it was completely ineffective to me. Well, I'd, and it's been ineffective in the last few games. I'm I'd, not blaming him completely, but again, it's like if we if you had another option, yeah. if you sometimes play two up front. We had this, I had this discussion as well. You know, so he took Giroud off, right? He's taken him off. I think the last three or four games, and people were saying I was. You know, I've been very critical of Giroud, so they're like, well, if he's been terrible, take him off. Like, no, maybe give him someone else up front with, alongside him. I agree. Might yeah. help him. But we never ever see that. It's just Wenger's, it's, it's the kind of hardcore, but the, same but, thing, week in, week out, isn't it? It's become a joke, you know, he mm-hmm. makes the substitutions in the 70th minute and all of that, how little time is giving Walcott's become a joke. They're so drilled into us, we're almost so brainwashed, I feel, about them, that, that they've become jokes. But there's kind of is an issue there, isn't there? No, I agree with that, and... The, the Giroud um, form factor, I've seen this analysed quite well and you know, someone made the point that he actually plays in streaks and it tends to be when teams have forgotten that he's Arsenal's main threat, he comes in and he scores two or three goals within three matches and then a certain team will maybe have him as a threat and try and counter him with the way that they set up. And yeah. he has two or three bad matches or gets substituted. And then he comes back into form. And so it seems to be that when it, whenever he's under close scrutiny from a team, he doesn't seem to play that well. And I think, and then I sort of read that and thought, that sounds right, but does that stack up? And I look back at last season, he's very streaky in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that when teams are actually trying to counter him and seeing him as Arsenal's main threat, then we're, we're a bit under pressure. Um, and so it's just it's, not the kind of plan. It's been difficult for him. But you, you, you have to agree with the top-line assessment of him. Like, you know, like I said about Wenger, you, know, you either think he's made the most of the resources or not. The same with Giroud is you either think that he is of a class to take Arsenal to trophies or not. And I'd say he's just under that. And mm. you know, a lot of people with far more knowledge of the game have said the same. Yeah, well, it, he hopefully will win the FA Cup again. So... <laughs> I mean, I still another I, trophy. Look, I love, I, I love oh, winning yeah, the being... FA Cup last season, and I think it's amazing, and I'm going to really enjoy that day out at Wembley. But the, winning the FA Cup isn't really a true reflection of the ability of a team because so many teams, as it pains me to say, because it used to be a wonderful competition, just give up and they don't even play. You know, they don't even take it seriously. When, when, you're two, when the two favourites for the competition... At the start of the season, Chelsea were three to one. City were seven to two. Both have actually gone out with a whimper in this season's FA Cup. So, uh, but that yeah. happens a lot in the FA Cup. You look at, look at us losing to Blackburn at home. I think that's no, but that is again, the beauty. Whoever won it that season didn't have that kind of achievement because we didn't we didn't put everything into that Blackburn game at all. I mean, I, I don't. I think that you can't take away from the fact not, that. I'm, that not taking it away, but it, it doesn't mean as much 
in terms of the ability of a team and the progress of a team anymore. But that's a knockout to... competition for you. That's, that's knockout football. That's why we love it. And that's why teams such as Bradford can go 2-0 down to Chelsea and come back and win 4-2. Mm. And let's not forget that we did have to go to Old Trafford, a place that we haven't won since 2006. Um, and, and we went and won. And, and for me, that, that's brilliant. Yeah, and last was... season, we beat Tottenham. We beat Liverpool. And, you know, what a great final it was. I mean, it was... Absolutely, all of fantastic in its own right as a as a tournament, but I don't think it relates to any of the points we're making about a sustained challenge for the league. I mean, you ask anyone, even Wenger said it last season when we won the FA Cup that the Premier League is the bread and butter of any. Oh, of course, of any, I, I of think no one's seen that. But it does feel an that, assessment. It'll be sure. great to win it, but I see it as a, an aside, okay. a fantastic aside to it. Okay. But I don't think it, it bears judgment on the team itself and and him. So you're saying basically that we haven't improved at all. Is your well, bottom line? It's, uh, all the stats Even are there. If, you, if you want to uncover them, we, we, I mean, if you want to be as boring about, as me and look yeah, no, into no. them. What about this mere if, fact? Every okay. stat says, How about this, the mere fact that he's, by whatever means, you know, whether it's accidental or not, ended up with a good defensive midfielder and you know, someone who can shore up that position. You know, I mean, it, that's some kind of advancement, isn't yeah, he was, it? He, he, was, yeah. he, he was one of the, the best players for the first you know, hour the other night. And if you're sitting up high at the Emirates, you can actually see what he does because yeah. he's he's tracking every movement. He's he's actually like a goalkeeper. You know the way like a goalkeeper will sort of stand in position in the goal and then sort of move around and, and angle himself to where the ball's come from, even if it's up the other end. He seems to do that across the middle of the park and he's always there in the right moment. He's so but clever, isn't he? This really is like this is a person that was, you know, at two hours away from signing for Charlton and never being seen again. God. So that's how good he is Horrifying, at assessing, isn't it? As assessing managers. Ma- Matt, do you, what do you, uh, let's, players, talk, let's talk about the goalkeeper. I mean, I, I wasn't sure whether he was at fault, you know, seeing it. But then afterwards, when I watched Gary Neville tear him apart. But basically, <laughs> brilliant. I mean, a, I didn't see that. Oh, there was a brilliant. And so there's a brilliant. I mean, he, he is. I know I go on about Gary Neville a lot, but I think he's an absolutely brilliant. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Pundit. And so he basically said the problem, he stuck two hands out at the same time. So he tried to save it with both hands together. And he demonstrated that if you stick to both hands out as extreme as they can, they, they don't give you as much, um, they don't give you as much space as the one hand on its own. Yeah. So you can stretch your one hand further than your two hands. That, I didn't explain that very well, unlike Gary Neville. And he completely proved it. And it was weird. So watching it, we yeah. played back how, for some reason, he decided to stick his two hands together. Yeah. And it was just, it was, a, and it was a mistake. It was an error. I think we've all been waiting for the Espina mistake. Yeah. I don't think he's been really, really tested, you know, kind of relentlessly tested no. in a game. And, you know, it's fortunate that mistake probably won't cost us, you know, it might cost us second. It won't put us in the playoffs, I think, which, no. as Ollie says, is the important thing. Yeah. But, do, but it, did, it did underline that we need, yeah. we, we need a goalkeeper. But we've we? been needing a goalkeeper for right. years How and years. How ridiculous is that? I mean, since, since yeah, so 2005 with Jens was, the, you know, the last, you know, true great goal, goalkeeper that we had. And I'd even and, yeah. use great as, I, I don't even I think, think it was... When, when he arrived... I, you know, I don't, I don't think anyone thought he was a great goalkeeper. He was cheap. That was. I mean, yeah. but he did a great job when we went unbeaten, and obviously saved that penalty from Paul Scholes, which is wonderful <laughs> um, at the Millennium Stadium. But I mean, since then we we've been looking and looking and looking. I mean, Almunia rubbish, but again, great save against Robbie Keane when we went beat on two one. Everyone loves that. Um, but yeah, I mean. Chesney, we thought for one season we, we might have had it, but then he's gone and been shite. <laughs> I mean, it's really it's terrible the fact we've gone 11 years without having 
a goalkeeper that you could actually say can, can win you games. There's nothing coming through either. <laughs> I tell you that. There's nothing coming through. You and through your under-21s, <laughs> Adam. You hate and the also, not only that. Not well, only you've that. got to pay attention to because, you know... They did win. They won against Bolton. Yeah, that was. I think it was the first win in six. That was back-to-back wins. Oh. Was it back-to-back? Back back. Back. Anyway, but not only is there no one coming through, the other funny thing, I mean, people are going to really hate the fact how negative we've been, but I don't care. It's, it's, my, it's our, our honesty. We lost. We have to be yeah, negative. Exactly. We've been positive for 11 it's straight. Like, I don't get any sense. No, I wasn't. <laughs> I don't get any sense from Wenger that he's out there desperately trying to find no. a new goalkeeper. No, no. I mean, I would be a mate. Do you know what I mean? I'd like, I mean, people are link, still linking us with Czech, which I'll be you know, mm. over the moon if that happens. But apart from that, we're not linked with anyone. No, I, I, mean, I think it's... The, the problem, I think the problem as well is that there are a shortage of really, oh, really yeah. top-class keepers at the moment. And I think it's time we actually spent serious money on a goalkeeper. Mm. Yeah. But yeah. You look it's time at, it was a priority, isn't it? Yeah. It's like other, you see other teams, like, the, you know, they, they go, right, we're going to, even Spurs did it, you know, we're going to find this world-class goalkeeper. Now, whether you think he's, you know, but at least he had the reputation of being, you know, yeah. a, really good, a really good keeper. The thing is that you say that, I, I think there are goalkeepers out there. You look at the Barcelona goalkeeper, Ter Stegen, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but I think he was at Borussia Mönchengladbach last year and went to Barcelona for 10 million, 15 million. I mean, that's the thing. I think, you know, you have to prepare yourself to pay double figures yeah. now, which I, Finger I think, won't do. But that's cheap. I mean, the fact that we got Danny Welbeck, who on this podcast, if you listen, I do not like, and I still do not like, it's wonderful that he's injured. No, he's uh, the new Thierry, isn't he? Well, I'm sure I read after the Galatasaray game he's the new Thierry Henry isn't he I've met who knows but, uh, so, I mean that just proves million. that the media just put a spin on anything that, that you know our good form and everything else but the, you make the point Ollie 16 million you've just compared a forward with a goalkeeper and I agree with Matt I think Wenger sees his budget for wherever he's got to make the acquisitions and then looks and thinks and, and this is another downfall in the guy he looks and thinks goalkeeper no more than eight million, but you know, eight, eight at a push. Can't I can't be spending that kind of money there, and because he doesn't see it as important, he doesn't see that position as important. It is. Everyone will tell you in football that it's probably one of the most important positions. I just don't think he sees it as important. Well, I mean, you look at his high-profile sort of marquee signings of goalkeepers. The only one was Richard Wright. And you can't really blame Wenger for that. He just yeah. failed to deliver he's been, the progress that he yeah. had been showing for Ipswich. But do you think he's that, been psychologically affected by Richard Wright being possibly, so shit? Possibly. I mean, that was, that was, a, that was a pretty awful transfer yeah. window for us. That was the Jeffers window, wasn't it? Oh, we God, did get yeah. Sol. We did get Sol. Um, okay. Van Bronckhorst. Sol. Tory, Tory Sol. Was Sol no. not the year after? I'm going to no, say Sol and Richard year Wright after. were the same press. Because remember, Richard Wright was right. everyone was waiting for Richard yeah. Wright to be unveiled, and out comes Sol. That was wonderful. Maybe yeah. maybe Richard Wright got affected by that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's possible, isn't it? Yeah. Um, uh, Ramsey on the right. The, I mean, this whole issue is all wrapped up with the Theo thing, isn't it? Moment, and you make a good point on, on, your, on the menu, Ollie, where you say, is Avenger accommodating four players, Ozil, Ramsey, Kozula, Coquelin, in four positions where it should be three, and they're all central players. We've got another, I've got another funny bit on Sky Coverage was that I think um, either Gary Neville or Jamie Carragher said, you know, they need, he needs to buy a goalkeeper, a defensive midfielder and striker, and he'll definitely go out and buy a little attacking midfielder <laughs> who's placed in the centre, and he puts yeah. him out wide. I mean, you're, on, on the rumour mill, 
today. It was Mario Goetze, which literally is exactly yeah. the player that we do not need. Um, but, I mean, Ramsey on the right, I mean, it's, it's been, what, six, seven games now, and I do think that Wenger is literally it's accommodating. It's weird, isn't it? It's like, and Ramsey's players. playing well again now. I think, you know, the last few games he's played pretty well, but it's almost like he's doing it in spite of, despite being stuck out there or, you know, being asked to play in that position. He's still, he's still overcomplicating simple balls. Yeah, and, yeah that's and, true. His stats going into the Swansea game were actually really good. He was he was performing yeah. really well. I think yeah. it was four assists, two goals, and um, in in five games. But then he was so poor the other night, and he was just he just makes the wrong decisions. And he when he simplifies it like he was doing when he was in really good form last mm. season, you know he's one of the best players in the Premier League. And then when he overcomplicates it with you know what, what, why did he cut inside and flick the ball with the outside of his foot where it went out for a goal kick? That, oh, yeah. that one. Yeah. I mean, it was actually embarrassing because <laughs> yeah. you're thinking, you know, if you were coaching a kids team, you'd say, well, keep it simple. And he should know that, but maybe someone's not telling him to do that. He hits Hollywood passes from one end to the other. And, you know, his, his past completion was something like 87% over those six games. But it's the 13 I worry about in that. And mm. it's often, a you know, a, a long punted ball to the other side of the the pitch that just goes nowhere and he, he gives the ball away so much Theo but he's came, not in the right position no. you're right you're Theo right. came on and had, a, and had a really good chance gutted if he'd only scored that, that chance I mean, he's having so many of those chances though and not putting them away unfortunately do you think I'm deluded man in thinking that he should be giving yeah. him more time <laughs> giving <laughs> up now you're, I can see your face you're like I'm going to upset let you it now. go I, you know, I, I just I feel like it's not going to happen for him now and mm. I thought Swansea was really weird bringing him on down the middle it almost felt like part of a contract negotiation, either to say, look, you're not capable of doing this or, or I'll give you what you want. But he was just dwarfed by Ashley Williams and then he got the one chance. And you know, it's, that, that chance goes in, it's three points. And, yeah, and we've ended up with none. But if that chance goes can I just yep, yeah, play yeah. devil's advocate? If that chance goes in and we're all sitting here now saying he's got to play through the middle. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have... Yeah. But I don't know how, because this is the way people work. And I was saying about, you know, Welbeck scored against Galatasaray, he was all of a sudden going to be the new Henri. We, we probably knew in our heart of hearts it wasn't going to be true. And now we've seen a whole season play out nearly. You know, it's definitely not going to be true. But it's almost self serving. And if, if Walcott gets that goal, we all clamour him for, for, think, for him to play down. I, mean, I wouldn't. It's been I, like that. Well, I, whole time. Wouldn't, but I wouldn't be clamouring. I'd at least be, I'd, I would be saying, you know, it's at least it's an option. I mean, Wenger, interestingly, so Wenger in the press conference before the game actually said, when he was asked outright, wasn't he, I believe, mm. are you going to, you know, are you interested in buying a new striker? And he's like, no, because we've got. Uh, we've got one coming through. We've got one, another option to us. And he meant Theo, and he said Theo. And everyone almost like thought it was like a joke, but he was maybe he is joking. So then, not, so then when he brought, him, I thought, oh, well, that makes sense because you've actually brought that issue up again. Mm. That you, that but you, you can't you play him as a one because no, not as I mean, a one. We, we, but we were thing. mentioning That's Giroud, Giroud being on, yes. and then having two centre backs that were just. Yes. I know he sort of went down injured a couple of times, but they were just doing the well, more rough and tumble of the Premier League, but. If you've got Theo on with him right. in a 4 4 2 and he's flicking the ball on for where Theo runs into, great. You don't but that's exactly, switch so, them together. And but that's make, exactly what I. So I it's like, baffling. Why? It's baffling, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, again, people have a go at me and, like, you know, of course, I've. People, How many years you've worked argument, in Football Boy? Right. And well, they, get, but the but thing that I think is that Jeff asked some of the. I mean, the. Jeff's deluded, the and long... I'd love to get him on before the end of the season. Okay, we'll try. He's absolutely okay, deluded. But, but the thing that all of those deluded. Wenger obsessive pro obsessives have always in the end it's all about 
He knows, obviously, he's the manager of Arsenal and he knows Robert Fulton than you do. Well, of course he does. But that makes the fact that he wouldn't countenance playing Walcott with Giroud yeah. in that game on Monday all the more bizarre. <laughs> you know, when everyone's going and then you see Gary Neville saying it and then every pundit saying it, every sports journalist saying it. So hold on. Now, the whole world thinks this thing. Wenger doesn't do it, but we're all deluded. But remember, the whole world was telling Arsene Wenger to buy a goalkeeper and he didn't. Um, and then we, we, I mean, we were very close to winning the league and we, he relied on Al Munia. Um, I mean, the whole world tells Arsene Wenger to do X, Y and Z and he doesn't listen and we know he's very stubborn. Um, but every so often he comes out with something genius and we're like, well, we didn't quite see that. So Yeah, um, but look, his strike rate isn't good enough lately on those I told you so's. It's really not. And pretty much every, the whole punditry world seems to be now agreed that, by the way, the jury isn't good enough. Which is really the point that Thierry Henry was making. In that, yeah. go back to that argument. We've gone from one week of, well, of hating, Matt's, yeah, and now. But, I, but even in his good period, I would, I would say Giroud is not in that top top bracket that's no. going to help you. I think it's and important to be consistent when you're debating yeah. these exactly, things. Exactly. Yeah. And 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 yeah. I mean, I I would cheer his goals and say, yeah. you know, he played well today. I'd always counter it with a butt, and yeah. I think the butt has always been there. But um, to me, the, 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 peop- the extent to which people ask, some Arsenal fans brainwash themselves is like they get really angry when Thierry only says that thing, so that thing that, you know, we can't win the league with him. But what the point he was making was he's not in that top, top echelon. He's not. Look at the Monaco first year. leg. Look at right. the Monaco first leg. But I want to hear what Matt, Matt's opinion on that is. Well, yeah, I think he, he's, he would be a great option in the Welbeck role, i.e. our second centre forward. Um, when we when we play uh, the way we've been playing this season, he works well as a fulcrum. But I think I said to you after the Chelsea game, I would love someone, say Benzema, mm. who could really run at two centre backs who are in their thirties, mm. and just, yeah. you know, even with the resources we've got, just switch Sanchez into the middle. Yeah. You know, and let Sanchez him is the one. Yeah, for me, he's the one. We've, we said that we, he played one game in the middle, and he was terrible <laughs> in, the, in, the, in earlier in the season. Against Everton, was, Everton, it? right? Yeah. Uh, again, he thought. And, and that, that was it. That was option was over. But even though Wenger, I'm sure when he signed him, said I'm signing him partly as an option to play up front, didn't he? I mean, he did say that. He might like. To, I think yeah. I mean, you know, he could be given a go. But I still think you need your. He's, he's going he's gonna to carry on playing him in that position. He's not going to bring in. Well, the thing is, an out on out world class striker with Giroud. And I think this is when we get this Arsenal arrogance of we aren't the Arsenal of ten years ago. We are probably just about the tenth best team in Europe, and. If you're asking every single team who's going to have a better strike than us, um, you know, out of the one to nine, then we're going to be left with a player of Giroud's quality who isn't the best in the world, but is just a little bit below that. Mm. But, but a little bit below that isn't good enough and it's not going to win you the league. You, you no, get, but if we're top ten, he's, 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 you know, he's, he's hanging around the 30 mark. I, I, don't, I think he's Ooh. better than that. I mean, you, they're, they're, in the Premier League, there's not many better strikers than him. You'll have Aguero, you'll have Costa, you'll have Rooney, maybe Van Persie, but I think he's maybe losing. Van Persie. <laughs> I, think, I think with but, centre-forwards, <laughs> you get... Someone suggested to me, I think he's absolutely right. With centre-forwards, you get per season one league goal for every million pounds you pay for them. You know, if you want top quality, you've got to pay 30 million for a striker. And so when you're paying 11, 12 for someone like Giroud, 
then he's actually, you know, he's overachieving getting more than 12 goals a season. Oh, I think he does overachieve. I think his work rate's fantastic. I just think that the system doesn't suit him and he's not good enough to take it to the next level. It's funny because people say the system does suit people. People who his defenders say the reason he's so good for us is because we play a system whereby he knits it all together with all of our creative players surrounding him. But I, I mean, you know, Which I is, I think, I think... He started think crossing he, the ball yeah. in when he came <laughs> off last night. That was the mad think, thing. You'd see that, I think, <laughs> if he didn't have, say, Aaron Ramsey playing that right wing role. Well, yeah. If indeed, you, indeed. you know, yes, if that's true. you've got Sanchez, yeah. Ozil in those two roles, and that yeah. works for him. Someone else running off him on the right, who, you, yeah. maybe, maybe we'd see more of Giroud in that role. We're running out of time. Um, I think you know we haven't. We've kind of covered most things on the menu, yeah. but yeah. so and we've got two games to predict. More importantly, I mean it's, it's crucial. We're on thirty. We've, we've been recording for thirty-seven minutes and twenty-nine seconds. Matt's been, gone, it's gone so quickly. Matt's got to go and have dinner with his wife. That's true. It's yeah. important. Um, it has gone very quickly, hasn't it? Um, sorry for being really negative. I'm, I'm not that sorry. Um, but we've got so we've got two games to predict. Man United. This is the big one. Man United away. Fascinating. This is going to be, isn't it? On Sunday at four o'clock. Um, if we win, that's pretty much guaranteed to be in the top three, isn't it? Or in fact, it is statistically, isn't it? I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, if, if we beat them. If we beat them. Yeah. Um, so what do we think is going to happen in that match? Ollie? I'm going to predict nil-nil. Oh, interesting. A dull nil-nil. Oh. Alan? Uh, I think we'll win 2-1. Confident, yeah. After the whole podcast of negativity, <laughs> yeah. And we're going to go I think we'll win, win at Old Trafford, and it won't mean a thing. That's it. That's it. <laughs> oh dear. It'll mean something, won't it? Well, well it'll it mean we're, yeah. we're, we go higher in that mini table between yeah. the top nine. It means something to me. <laughs> that will mean a lot to me, Matt. Um, I think it will be one goal either way. I'll go with us, but I don't think it will be as significant as the fans think it is. I think it's Agreed. Two, Agreed. two teams that aren't as good as their fan base think they are. But coming second would be... To go back to the coming second thing, just even symbolically, like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean... It'd it make me feel better about the whole situation. But, but, <laughs> but you, just think, you just think City are going to get their act together and in a year they'll be better than us. <laughs> unless, and, you know, unless we start unless, using those resources right, properly. Right, which, yeah, probably won't happen. So what's your score? Do you actually say a score? I'll go 1-0 I'll go Arsenal. 1-0 Arsenal. I'm saying 2 all. Exciting. Yeah, it's going to be through. I'm going the opposite of you. I think it's going to be a good game. Um, And then Sunderland at home on Wednesday. Let's go the other way. Matt. 2 0 to us. Alan. 3 0 Arsenal. I think. I think. I I mean, Sunderland have obviously got something to play for, but I think they'll make the mistake of possibly underestimating where where Mm. we are. yeah, 3-0. Oh. Okay, One of those comfortable victories. Okay. Early goal and then we, we just press home our authority. I think Sunderland got a massive game on the week. I don't know who they're playing, but I think it's a, a, got a relegation maybe, battle, I think, maybe against Leicester or something like that. I don't know who they're playing. I think it might be Leicester, yeah. Um, I think that will have a, a big significance on, on our performance um, against them on Wednesday. But I think we'll win, and I think it will be an uncomfortable 1-0. Okay, I'm going to go 3-1. Close to Alan, but slightly different. Uh, thank you very much thank you. to um, Q Magazine's Matt Mason, to um, our statistical expert uh, <laughs> Alan Alka, and to the great uh, psychic Ollie. Thank you. Uh, see you next week. We'll be back next week on Thursday, the 21st of May, in, with, with any luck. Cheers, bye. This has been a Playback Media production. For all our other podcasts, go to playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.